What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of the Sex 10 Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hollihan. On this Sunday evening, we're previewing the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the wild card round down in Tampa Bay, Florida. It's the time of the year. It's Eagles playoff time. And no one's excited for it. And I don't blame them. I'm not very excited for it either. I'm honest to God, I, I'm like, whatever. I mean, whatever happens, happens at this point. If they win, I don't feel confident in them going into the divisional round. And if they lose, then this has been a complete and utter collapse. So, there's been a lot to unpack this week. There's been a lot to unpack, certainly on the injury report, and there's been certainly a lot to unpack in terms of who is going to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles come next season. We don't know, but I think one thing that you can almost guarantee is that there will be a new um, defensive coordinator and possibly some other position head co- position coaches, excuse me, um, that will be changed next season as well because um, that Eagles defense is probably going to get ripped apart on national television tomorrow night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, I am fully expecting to just light up the stat sheet as well as um, their quarterback, which we'll get to in a bit because there's something interesting there as well. But the um, Eagles won't be having, I'm just going to throw this out there right now, A.J. Brown is out with the knee injury. Um, tried, you know, giving it a go, and it just doesn't seem like it's um, it's going to happen. And Sidney Brown will be out as well, which I think everyone pretty much uh, knows. Um, Reed Blankenship is questionable. Um, with the groin injury. Now, if Reed Blankenship doesn't go, it's going to be Avante Maddox playing opposite Kevin Byard at that safety spot. So take that for what you will. Um, so that's the news there for the Eagles. For the Buccaneers, it sounds like there's it's up in the air on um, Baker Mayfield going. He's questionable. K.J. Britt, their linebacker, questionable as well. Josh Hayes, questionable, their cornerback. Uh, Mike Evans did not participate on Saturday in practice due to rest, so he should be good. Chris Godwin um, was a full participant on Saturday with his knee, and um, I think there was some rest there that they also threw in on Friday. And Tristan Wirfs was limited throughout some of the week with an illness, but was fully uh, good to go on Saturday. Um, so that's the injury report. Mike Green is out as well, um, for the Bucks, one of their defensive linemen. So on both sides, he got some injuries. Um, Britton Covey, um, full participant on Saturday. Sounds like he's good to go. Jalen Hurts with that right finger. Looks like he's going to be good to go. Darius Slay is going to be good to go. Devontae Smith and Andre Swift. We'll get to that in a bit. So the Eagles... Right now, um, without your number one weapon in A.J. Brown, so this game suddenly looks like the Eagles' offense of 2021. The last game, I mean, literally, like, you go back two years ago, 
aside from a couple pieces on the offensive line, and obviously DeAndre Swift not being Miles Sanders, it's mostly the same uh, Eagles players that they're putting out there. And in my opinion, Todd Bowles is probably like, okay, I've already had to face this offense before. I mean, I know what to expect without A.J. Brown. That, you know, completely changes things because of how much coverage he draws. And while I think DeAndre Swift has been able to hit the hole a little bit better than Miles Sanders this season, I think he he still pretty much has an idea as to what's coming. So this game is going to have to be won by the defense. And Jalen Hurts' ability to, you know, break things down in the Tampa Bay secondary, which I think is possible, but just from a standpoint of looking at, um, you know, the personnel that the Eagles have, Todd Bowles has pretty much faced this team already two years ago. And while I think Jalen Hurts obviously is better, he's regressed a lot this season. And, you know, the momentum heading into this game isn't all that good. Great. Actually, it's it's pretty putrid. It's the worst it's been, honestly, in a long time. So, I mean, I just don't think the Eagles pull it out. Um, but if they do, it's going to have to be by the defense. A lot's going to be put on this defense, and they can't get back to the quarterback. If Baker Mayfield, he's questionable to play, I think he's going to go. There's no way I see that guy missing his first playoff game in three years, and a chance to go ahead and win one, um, defeating the defending NFC champs, the Philadelphia Eagles, and continue this Cinderella story run that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, you know, look to be on. Now, this is an Eagles team that obviously went into Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football back in September in Week 3, and they got a win. Um, it was a tough uh win at that it was not a win that necessarily you know you came out of that game feeling I mean no win really this year was but it wasn't a win that I think you necessarily came out of feeling all right you know the Eagles really took it to them it was it was kind of a rock fight there for a little bit Jalen Hurts made some boneheaded plays he had two picks in that game um DeAndre Swift ran all over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers well, I just went and, and said, well, it's the same team as last time, blah, blah, blah. It's so, I think without A.J. Brown, it's so different when he had nine catches, 131 yards. And you look at DeAndre Swift, and I think that with how well A.J. Brown was playing in that game, it opened up lanes for Swift to go through and holes and, and opportunities. Now, tomorrow, I don't know if those same holes are going to be there because I don't think the Eagles' passing attack is going to be great. And I certainly don't think that they're going to be able to run the ball as effectively like they want to. And even if they feed it to him, you know, 20, 30 times, um, you might put a dent in in terms of you're able to move it down the field, but I don't think you sh- you'll be able to blow Tampa Bay completely off the ball and control the game from the line of scrimmage at that point. I think Tampa Bay, um, you know, will have a good read for it. Uh, and it's going to come down to Jalen Hurts' arm, and his passing targets are Devontae Smith, Lamide Zacchaeus, Julio Jones, and Dallas Goddard. I mean, just double Devontae Smith, and I think you pretty much figure it out from that point on because, 
You know, Dallas Goddard's going to need to have a whale of a game. I mean, Jalen Hurts is going to need to have a whale of a game, but Goddard's going to need to do, you know, things that um, I don't think we've seen him do all season. That's really take over a game. Um, Julio Jones and Alameda Zacchaeus are going to need to come through when their when their numbers called upon and and you know can't be dropping the ball or any of that stuff. Same thing with Quez Watkins. Um, if he's open on a deep route and he drops one, his ass is on the sidelines. Like, no, that's it. You're done. We've given you too many damn opportunities here, dude. So that's my thought there on a Quez Watkins potential breakout game. Um, so that's going to be tough. That's going to be a really, really tough game to see the Eagles pull through. Now on the other side, the defense, here we go. Um, I mean, the Eagles defensive line, when they faced off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers earlier in the season, you know, they got back five quarterback hits on Baker Mayfield. They really wreaked havoc. They only had two sacks, but they were generally in their backfield. Jalen Carter had a whale of a game. Um, he and Fletcher Cox combined for a half a sack. Um, and the other one went to Marlon, um, Tupulutu. Hope I didn't botch his name there. But um, he had the other sack, and, and the Eagles, you know, they defended the Bucks well. Baker only had 146 passing yards, only completed 15 of 25. Uh, and, you know, on the run run game, Rashad White, only 38 rushing yards. Mike Evans had 5 for 60 and a touchdown, um, which was, you know, I mean, he's going to get those numbers. But the Eagles did a pretty good job honing um, or reeling him in, and Chris Godwin only had three for 32. Evans was targeted 10 times in that game. Expect that much, if not more. Um, I'm going to expect that's where Darius Slay is going to be on. Uh, I think he's going to be on Mike Evans. Now, Darius Slay, earlier in the season, I believe he actually, um, I, I'm pretty sure he left this game early. I think he may have had an injury in this game early on in the season. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but I believe he did because I see Josh Job really racked up um, a lot of the tackles, but that may have been just because he was starting at nickel. However, Slay um, is going to be up against Evans, and I'm assuming Bradbury is going to be up against Godwin, which is not a recipe for success because Bradbury has been stiff all season. He's been a stiff no matter where you put him. As a matter of fact, I would much rather see the guy be playing safety and allow Avante Maddox to cover Chris Godwin, someone I think you know, you'd know, you rather live with. Hey, we'll put our best nickel guy against one of the better slot, slot receivers. Um, not one of the better slot receivers, excuse me, but one of the better um, number two targets in the league out of a uh, wide receiver tandem. Um, as he's been, you know, just terrific as a counterpart to Mike Evans throughout his career. So going to be, um, it's going to be a really, really interesting game. Are we going to see the Eagles go out like a lamb? Or are we going to see them go in and put their best ball and just leave it out on the field? Nothing is showing me that that will happen. I mean, the former is clearly, clearly the uh, the thinking that you want to have rather than the latter in that case because this team just shows no heart the last uh, six weeks. I mean, even the Giants game, they just don't focus. 
They don't focus for 60 minutes. How this team was coached to a Super Bowl by Nick Sirianni last year is beyond me. I don't understand it. But specifically, and I'm talking about um, Nick Sirianni here, specifically him. Is this going to be his final game as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles? I could not have imagined um, in late August when I was previewing this season that that would be a statement I would actually be saying. Is this going to be the final game of Nick Sirianni's uh, era in Philadelphia? I'm in the camp that says no, but I do think that, and it's going to happen, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman are going to sit down and they're going to have a talk with Nick Sirianni and they're going to have to say, hey, listen, dude, what are your plans? I mean, for next year, like what, what's your thinking based off of changes and stuff? Because, you know, I don't think we can continue down the same path with um, you know, the play calling and, and the defensive side of the ball. In my opinion, we know Nick Sirianni is kind of a fiery guy. I don't see him having the chutzpah to go ahead and, and admit he was wrong with Brian Johnson being the play caller and that he needed to make some change, changes offensively. He's too proud. He's too proud to do that. You've seen that the last couple of weeks. And what makes you think that he's going to change it now? Um, after we went through an entire season where he didn't do anything, didn't have a rain the reins on his guys. I mean, Doug Peterson was fired for less. Doug Peterson was fired for less than what Nick Sirianni has done this season. If they did not give Doug a chance to right the ship. I don't think they give Nick a chance either. Now, do I want to see him gone? No. I really don't. I mean, in my opinion, you know, this guy has, I mean, really won me over as a motivator of guys in a locker room, and I think he deserves the chance to, um, you know, get things together for next season and, you know, put the right guys in the correct spots, both from, I think, a personnel standpoint, but also in terms of, um, you know, the assistant coaching standpoint. I don't know about moving on from him entirely, but I certainly would move on from Brian Johnson as your play caller, and Sean Desai's got to go because he lost the defense. Um, Matt Patricia, as much as they tried to put a Band-Aid over an open hole wound, um, he's unfortunately got to go as well. I mean, I think he's going to be the scapegoat for if the defense collapses, but this was, he shouldn't be scapegoated. This was a long time coming, you know, same with Shaq Leonard too in the linebacker core. It's been a long time coming. It was just a matter of time before it bit them in the butt, and it that's exactly what happened. Um, I also think you're going to see some well, we'll get into the some of the personnel standpoint and players that should be going as well once the season is, of course, over. But I would expect a lot of turnover from that point as well. And I don't, I, I'm just going to sit here and say for the last however many seconds I'll keep going with this episode, I just want this to be put out um, on the airwaves 
This is potentially the last time you see Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, and Fletcher Cox suit up for the Philadelphia Eagles. I've been watching the Eagles since I was seven, six, really, but seven when I, you know, watched like a full 16 game season, knew everyone and all that pizzazz. Those four players have been around throughout my entire, the majority of my entire Eagles fandom. Those four players to me are like, you know, some of my older family members, um, you know, the, the people, in, uh, cousins that are in their late 20s. That's like when Donovan McNabb, Brian Dawkins, um, Brian Westbrook, Sheldon Brown, you know, those guys um, moving on. Jer- uh, not Jeremiah Trotter. Um, him, maybe, but specifically Trey Thomas and John Runyon. You know, those guys, that's what I relate those four to. That's your glue. And, you know, it's unfortunate that their final home game was the performance against the Cardinals. And it will really suck if their final game is in a playoff loss to the 9-8 and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I watched that Jason Kelsey video um, where he hyped up, you know, what was going on. I hope his leadership in the locker room, I hope that message is carried throughout. But I'll be honest with you, I got goosebumps watching that. I mean, that was like listening to, you know, Brian Dawkins give a pregame speech. It was that passionate. I hope I see all 22 guys on the field play with that same amount of passion. Because if they do... They can come out and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The question is, will they? And I'm up in the air on it. I really want to say yes because I'd hate that to be how these guys lose out. You know, I'd love to see them go out swinging on a on a team that. And I don't want to, you know, Tampa Bay is a fine team. They've defied the odds. They certainly overcame a lot of what I thought. But going into the year, if this was the playoff matchup, A, I would have thought it would have been possibly in the divisional round. And B, I would have thought it would have been at the link. And C, I would have had whatever the spread was, probably 10. And I would have said, you bet your ass they're beating the Bucks by 10. But unfortunately, for the Eagles and this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, and I'm going to tie it back with this, for those players that I mentioned that a lot of my um, and people in their late 20s remember, those rivalry games between the Eagles and Buccaneers in the playoffs, unfortunately for a lot of those former Eagles, your Troy Vincents, your Bobby Taylors, this may be the same send-off that those guys unfortunately were greeted to, which was a playoff loss to the dreaded Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, I mean, you know... It's unbelievable that he's still calling games for the Bucks, but yes, their play-by-play um, announcer is uh, Gene Dakeroff, who's still there. I hope I didn't botch his name. Um, you know, he's been there for the uh, longest time since 1989, and he's still going to be calling this game. And I hope to God I don't have to hear uh, a Rondé Barber coast-to-coast pick six touchdown call by him on NFL films coming up in the next uh, week because that would really kill uh, 
um, you know, myself and I think a lot of Eagles fans be a real dagger in the hearts. But anyways, a long preview episode, but this is a passionate fan base, myself included. I hate that this is what we're feeling going into a game. I like to feel confident. I like to feel easygoing and fired up. I don't. I've never felt this way. I've never felt this way going into a – not even when we were the seventh seed two years ago. I was still kind of like, okay, maybe we can defy the odds and screw Tom Brady, you know, but that obviously didn't happen. And But even then I was fired up. I'm not I'm like, okay, like here we go. It's uh, do or die time. Whatever happens, happens. But at the very least, for the love of God – don't get embarrassed by the like the Dallas Cowboys did today. That was so great. That made everything. That made my day. That was the icing on the cake. Thank goodness that Green Bay went into AT&T Stadium and did that to the Dallas Cowboys. But you know, we're we're on here talking about the Eagles um right now previewing them. Um so we're going to finish up this episode and while maybe we'll save that for another time, blast. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in.